Section 5 of Reminiscences of a Southern Hospital by its Matron by Phoebe Yates Pember. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sue Anderson. The rats, too, had felt the times and waxed strong and cunning, defying all our skill to entrap them and levying blackmail upon us day by day and night by night. Hunger must surely have educated their minds and sharpened their faculties. Other vermin the change of seasons would rid us of, but the coldest day in winter and the hottest in summer made no difference in their vivacious movements. They examined traps with the air of connoisseurs, sometimes springing them from a safe position and kicked over the bread spread with butter and strychnine to show their disapproval of such an underhand warfare the men told wonderful rat stories not well enough authenticated to put on record but they certainly ate all the poultices applied during the night and dragged away the pads stuffed with bran from under the arms and legs of the wounded one rather ludicrous operation they did perform which entitled the operators to pass the board of surgeons a virginian had been wounded right through the instep the hole made was large and the wound sloughed fearfully while a great lump of flesh formed in the centre like an island the surgeons feared to remove this mass as it might be connected with nerves of the foot and lockjaw might follow poor patterson used to sit all day looking at his lame foot and bathing it with a very rueful face which had brightened amazingly one morning when i paid him a visit he exhibited the foot with great glee a deep hollow left but the little island gone and the wound washed clean and looking healthy some skilful rat surgeon had done this good service and he only knew that on awakening he had found the operation performed i never had but one personal encounter with them an old gray gentleman who looked a hundred years old both in years and depravity would eat nothing but butter when that article was twenty dollars a pound so finding all other means of getting rid of him fail by his superior intelligence i caught him with a fish-hook well baited with a lump of his favorite butter dropped into his domicile under the kitchen floor epicures sometimes managed to entrap them and get a nice broil for supper declaring that the flesh was superior to squirrel meat but never having tasted it i cannot give my testimony they stayed with us to the last nor did i ever see any signs of their having changed their politics one of the most remarkable features of the war was the perfect good nature with which the rebels discussed their foes in no instance up to a certain period did i ever hear any remark made that savored of individual hatred they fought for a cause and against a power and spoke perhaps in deprecation of a corps or brigade but they fought us and we fought them was the whole story generally and till the blowing up of the mine at petersburg there was a gay insouciant 
style in their descriptions of war scenes but after that day the sentiment changed from an innate feeling the private soldier had that mining was a mean yankee trick as he expressed it they did not recognize the stratagem that is fair in war and what added to their indignation was the pouring in of the negro soldiers when the breach was opened incensed at the surprise they wanted foes worthier of their steel not caring to dampen it in the black cloud that issued from the crater the men had heretofore been generally calm and restrained particularly before a woman never using oaths or improper language but the wounded that came in from that fight emulated uncle toby's army in flanders and eyes gleamed and teeth clenched as they showed me the locks of their muskets to which the blood and hair still clung when after firing without waiting to reload they had clenched the barrel and fought hand to hand if their accounts can be relied on it was a gallant strife and a desperate one and ghastly wounds bore testimony to the truth of many a tale then told once again the bitter blood showed itself when after a skirmish the foe cut the rail track so that the wounded could not be brought to the city of all the monstrous crimes that war sanctions this surely is the most sinful wounded soldiers without the shelter of a roof or the comfort of a drink of water left exposed to sun dew and rain with hardly the prospect of a bed to lie on for days knowing that comfortable quarters awaited them already prepared but rendered useless by what seems a fiendish act it is any wonder that their habitual indifference to suffering gave way and the soldier cursed loud and deep at this causeless inhumanity which in a civilized age was worse than savage when the sufferers reached the hospitals their wounds had not been attended to for three days and the sight was indeed fearful busy in my kitchen seeing that the supply of necessary food was in preparation i was spared the sight of much of the suffering but in passing to and from the wards among the ambulances there seated up in one of them was a dilapidated figure both hands holding his head which was tied up with rags of all descriptions he seemed incapable of talking but nodded and winked and made motions with head and feet in the general confusion he had been forgotten so i took him as my especial charge he was taken into a ward and one rag after another unbound without any sensitiveness on my part for there was no flinching and his eye was merry and bright but when the last came off what a sight two balls had passed through the cheek and jaw within a half inch of each other knocking out the teeth on both sides and cutting the tongue in half the inflammation caused the swelling to be immense and the absence of all previous attendance in consequence of the detention of the wounded till the road could be mended had aggravated the symptoms there was nothing fatal to be apprehended but fatal wounds are not always the most trying 
the sight of this was the most sickening my long experience had ever seen the swollen lips turned out and the mouth filled with blood matter fragments of teeth from amidst all of which the maggots in countless numbers swarmed and writhed while the smell generated by this putridity was unbearable castile soap and soft sponges soon cleansed the offensive cavity and he was able in an hour to swallow some nourishment drawn through a quill the following morning i found him reading the newspaper and entertaining every one about him with his abortive attempts to make himself understood and in a week he actually succeeded in this the first request distinctly enunciated was to the effect that he wanted a looking-glass to see if his sweetheart would be willing to kiss him when she saw him we all assured him that she would not be worthy of the name if she did not an order came about this time to clear out some of the wards for the reception of improperly vaccined patients who soon arrived in large numbers they were dreadfully afflicted objects many of them with sores so deep and thick upon the arms and legs that amputation had to be resorted to as fast as the eruptions would be healed up in one place they would break out in another for the blood seemed entirely poisoned the unfortunate victims bore the affliction as they had borne everything else painful with calm patience and indifference to suffering sometimes a comparison would be made between this and the greater evils of losing limbs no one who was a daily witness to their agonies from this cause could help feeling indignant at charges made of inhumanity to federal prisoners of war who were vaccinated with the same virus and while on this subject though it may be outside of hospital reminiscences i cannot help stating that on no occasion was the subject of rations and medicines to be issued for prisoners discussed in my presence and circumstances placed me where i had the best opportunity of hearing the truth that good evidence was not given that the confederate government issued to them the same rations it gave its soldiers in the field and only when reductions of food were made in our army were they also made in the prisons the question of supplies for them was an open and a vexed one among the people generally and angry and cruel things were said but every one at all cognizant of facts in richmond knows that even when general lee's army lived at times on cornmeal that the prisoners were still supplied with their usual rations my hospital was now entirely composed of virginians and marylanders and the nearness to the homes of the former entailed upon me an increase of annoyance in the shape of wives sisters cousins aunts and sometimes whole families down to the baby at the breast they came in troops and hard as it was to know what to do with them it was harder to send them away sometimes they brought provisions but not often and even when they did there was no place to cook the food provided by them it must be remembered that everything was reduced to the lowest minimum 
even fuel. They could not stay in the wards all day with men around them, and if they were willing to do so, the restraint on wounded, restless men who wanted to throw their limbs about with freedom during a hot summer day was too great. Generally, their only idea of kindness was in giving any patient the food he would take in any quantity, and of every quality, and in the furtherance of their desires they were pugnacious in the extreme. Whenever rules harassed them, they abused the government, then the hospital, and then all in it, including myself. Many ludicrous incidents happened daily, and I have often seen the harassed wardmaster heading away a pertinacious female who, failing to get in at one door of his ward, would try the other three perseveringly. They seemed to think it was a pious and patriotic duty not to be ashamed under any circumstances. One sultry day I found a whole family, accompanied by two young lady friends, seated round a wounded man's bed. As I passed through six hours later, they held the same position. Some appeal was necessary. Had not you all better go home? We came to see my cousin, who is wounded. But you have been here almost all day, and it is a restraint upon the other men. Come tomorrow. A consultation was held, but when it ceased, they only lit their pipes and smoked in silence. Will you come back tomorrow? No. You come in the wards when you please, and so will we. But it is my duty to be in them. Besides, I always ask if I can enter, and never stay longer than fifteen minutes. Another unbroken silence, which was a trial to any patience left, and finding no move made, I handed some clothing to a patient near. Here, Mr. Wilson, is a clean shirt and a pair of drawers for you. Put them on as soon as I get out of the ward. I had hardly reached my kitchen when the whole procession, pipes and all, passed me, solemnly and angrily. But for many days and even weeks there was no ridding the place of this large connection. Their sins were manifold. They overfed their relative, who was recovering from an attack of typhoid fever, and even defiantly took the food for the purpose from under my very nose. They marched on me en masse at ten o'clock at night, with a requisition from the boldest for sleeping quarters. The steward was summoned and said he did not keep a hotel. So in a weak moment of pity I housed them in the laundry. They entrenched themselves there for six weeks, making predatory incursions into the kitchen during my temporary absence, ignoring Miss G completely. The object of their solicitude recovered and went to the field, but still, finding my writs of ejectment were scorned, an explanation was demanded in person. The same spokeswoman alluded to above answered my inquiries to the effect that, hearing a battle was shortly expected, she had determined to remain, as her husband might be wounded. 
in the ensuing press of business i forgot her and strange to say her husband was brought in sick the following week the back is surely fitted for the burden so i contented myself with retaking my laundry and letting her shift for herself while a whole month slipped away one morning my arrival at the hospital was the signal for a general burst of merriment from miss g and the servants black and colored experience had made me sage and my first question was where is mrs daniels she who had always been spokeswoman in ward g she wants you what is the matter you must go and see there was something either amusing or amiss i entered ward g and walked up to daniel's bed one might have heard a pin drop in the ward i had supposed up to this time that miss g and myself had been called upon to suffer every ill that humanity and the state of the country could inflict but here was something in addition for lying composedly in her husband's bed he had relinquished it on the occasion lay mrs daniels and her baby just one hour old the conversation that ensued is not worth repeating the poor little wretch had indeed come into a bleak and comfortless world for its inhuman mother had not provided a rag to cover it with no woman could scold her at such a time but what was to be done i went in search of the surgeon of the division and our conversation on the subject was didactic but hardly satisfactory doctor mrs daniels has a baby she is in ward g what shall i do with her a baby ah indeed you must get it some clothes what must i do with her move her to some comfortable place and send her a cup of tea this was done but mrs d said she would wait till dinner for some bacon and greens the baby was a sore annoyance the ladies of richmond made up a wardrobe by subscription and at the end of the month mrs d the child and a basket of provisions were sent off in the ambulance my feelings of satisfaction can be imagined but the end had not come an hour after the ambulance stopped at the kitchen door apparently empty and the black driver lifted a bundle out with some trepidation and laid it silently on the dresser mrs daniel's baby the unnatural woman had deserted it leaving it in the railroad depot but fortunately the father was still with us and to him i appealed a short furlough was obtained and at last i was relieved from the fear that the mother would have to be sent for again had such been the case she would surely have still been there it may be remarked in passing that it was the first the last the only baby named after me there were no means of keeping the relations of patients from coming to them 
there had been a rule made to the effect that it was impossible to send away a wife from her husband and besides the common and even better class of people looked upon care and attendance at a hospital as a farce they resented the detention there of men who in many instances could lie in bed and point to their homes sometimes even in sight and agreed that they would have more attention and better food if allowed to go to their families that malady du pays called by the surgeons nostalgia the homesickness which wrings the heart and impoverishes the blood killed many a brave soldier and the matron who day by day had to stand powerless helpless by the bed of the sufferer knowing that a week's furlough would make his heart sing for joy and save his wife from widowhood learned the most bitter lesson of endurance that could be taught this homesickness recognized no palliation however carefully the appetite might be pampered or stimulants be prepared and given the food never nourished the drink never strengthened the decay would be gradual but death was inevitable perhaps when recovery seemed hopeless a statement of the case might procure a furlough from the examining board of surgeons but the patient would then be generally too weak and ill to profit by the concession it was wonderful to see how long the poor broken machine would hold out in some cases for months i have watched a victim motionless helpless and hopeless receive into his mouth a few spoonfuls of nourishment daily making no other movement the skin barely covering the bones and the skeleton of the face as sharply defined as it might be after many weeks dissolution the answer to cheering words seldom exceeding a slight movement of the eyelids toward the end of the war this detention of ill men and many other abuses were reformed by allowing a board to be convened of three of the oldest surgeons at the hospitals who would dispose of such cases without deferring to higher authority there had been so much imposition practiced by men who wanted to get out of the service that abuses had crept in despite the stringency of rules making severity necessary End of section five